0: sometimes you lose sometimes you win it we all have
1: days where we step right in it here's my own mistake welcome to my own mistake a podcast about the mistakes people make shared by the people who made them Here, are your hosts, Stacy Kimball and Christy Spadafor. Hi, Christy. <laughs> hi, Stacey. I always wait for you to say hi first, and you never do. So no, I no, because stick you hold always by the horns. There was the one week where I started, and it was such a big deal. It felt like the universe shifted or something when I was first. So was that
0: during a Mercury return or whatever have, those are? Is that what I they're have called? no
1: idea. <laughs> I don't know.
0: You had a big week. You went to Tulsa. I did go to Tulsa.
1: I visited my mom for Mother's Day. We saw Into the Woods. My favorite musical ever. It's so so great. And I did very well. I did not sing along with it. Oh, phew. (laughs) <laughs> I know. That's always
0: a challenge. That's a yes. challenge. Uh, we have a singer with us We today. do. Oh, she's man. a marvelous singer. Man, oh man, can she sing? She sings. She uh, acts. She's a fabulous character and commercial and uh, all kinds of narration, voiceover. She does it all. This mm-hmm. woman does it all. And she's got kids and family and jeepers. I don't know. What to say about her? And
2: if you wait here, I'll go find her.
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh, there was a couple special things, though, Christy. Remember the one? What was it? What was that one thing that she the sh- did? Being a chef. <gasps> she a was professional a chef, chef,
1: I which know. I'm fascinated by
0: because <laughs> that is hard, hard, hard work, right? Rochelle Simpson, can you tell us about being a chef? There was one other thing we wanted to hear about the worst. Was it worst dinner disaster ever?
2: I get like the I feel like I'm going to break out in hives every time I think <laughs> about it. Um, Yeah, I I went to culinary school and decided to. Well, first I was like, you know, in restaurants and stuff and I was a single mom at the time. So like restaurants is not really conducive with parent life in general. But as a mm-hmm. single mom, it's mm-hmm. tough. Mm-hmm. It's really. So anyway, I decided that um I would look for something else. I started working for another personal chef. I was like, hey, I can make way more money doing this than working at a restaurant for 11 bucks an hour. So I decided to open my own personal chef business and I would do like weekly meal services for clients, but I would also do um, uh, like fancy, you know, dinner parties like seven course meals and uh, this one. Well, they were sometimes seven course meals. Sometimes it was like a buffet style, but always just like very intimate in someone's home. And um, gosh, this one time I had just taken on so much. (laughs) I was just like, more business? Yeah, sure. I'll fit you in somewhere. I'm like trying to do, you know, multiple things within like one weekend, which is just difficult. Um, And so this one, I remember like I was prepping for a couple different parties at the same time. And my assistant was helping me. And um, we would prep in my little tiny apartment at the time and uh, (laughs) I think like we went to go grab everything to go to the dinner party and um, she grabbed something that like was not for the dinner party because I hadn't labeled everything and put it out and it was like I don't know some kind of like cauliflower puree thing that I had made that was just like meh and she put it as a dressing for a salad instead of a champagne vinaigrette (laughs) And I just, um, and the whole thing, I mean, like they had set us up in their garage and sometimes, you know, like uh, they, I was working for like really wealthy people. And so they'd have sometimes a second kitchen for the chef in their garage. This one did not. We had to like rent everything. And I don't know, like we couldn't get the stove and the oven to work at first. And it, things were just because her whole kitchen, like the way things were set up, she was like, by the way, the last time a chef did this, it kind of set off the fire alarm. <laughs> And I'm just like freaking out, like, how am I going to do this? And why did I agree to do it in the garage where, you know, I'm going to ruin the party? (laughs) So it was just that whole thing. Like, I just cringe when I think about it. But so much of it was because I took on too much and then I couldn't prepare properly. And it's still I mean... They they love the food and things were um, ended up fine. But it still just it makes me cringe because, you know, when you like behind the scenes and you're like, oh, that it looked a lot better than it really was.
0: Mm -hmm. Wow. Does that does that lead anywhere near the dropping of the dome of disclosure for your own mistake,
2: Rochelle? It does. It does. Isn't it?
0: All right.
1: Do
2: tell. Do tell. tell We're us. so excited. <laughs> so, so excited to talk about my screw ups. No. <laughs> <laughs> love it. Oh, we all have them.
1: Oh, we all do.
2: We <laughs> do. We all do. And I love it. And by the way, just I know this is supposed to be quick and I'm going to go on tangents and I'm going to try not to. But I love this whole podcast. Like, Oh. We don't need to talk about everyone's, you know, their amazing accomplishments. I'm sure that it's amazing. But talking about <laughs> mistakes, like, that's where we're going to learn. So, yeah, I think Absolutely. so. We think
0: so, too. Well, thank you. Thank you. <laughs> Go ahead. It's
2: time. It's time. So that was basically, I mean, taking on too much too fast and not really slowing down to be like, okay, what are the logistics of the things I'm going to do where eventually like I had this amazing system where, you know, working from like menu conception with the client to prepping everything to having a printed and laminated, you know, production schedule that I would use and getting like my solid like my servers and my assistants and you know, the people that would help me at dinner parties. And everything I eventually got that down but in the beginning it's it's that scarcity mindset where you're like yeah sure I can do it absolutely and you just you don't stop and think wait I need to make sure that I'm doing this well and you learn that you can charge more for a better quality experience no matter what you're doing and do not necessarily just less work but better work. Like you don't have to overload yourself until you're working, you know, back to back 16 hour days and never sleeping and just always on like level 30 anxiety. um, And yeah, so I, I definitely learned from that. But then I overcorrected when I did voiceover and I was like, I'm going to go so slow that I'm just not going to do anything for like two years. <laughs> I'm just going to listen to podcasts and stuff.
1: <laughs> and there are a lot of great vo podcasts out there to listen to
2: there um. are yeah yeah no, but it was it was just very much i think like i was very shocked to find out that people just kind of dove in with like a usb mic recording wherever with not the best sound quality just you know on any pay to play and i was like what you can do that mm.
0: mm-hmm. <laughs> how long ago did you did you dive in
2: It was probably, well, I started taking classes just before the pandemic. And so I had been singing like in choirs and things before that forever. Um, But it had been a while since I had done anything in that arena. So I started doing, I started back with a singing coach probably in 2019. And then just before the pandemic, I started doing like video classes and really like reading books and listening to podcasts and things and soaking it all in before I could, Like before, I built a website and got a demo or anything. I almost was gonna say that one of the terrible mistakes that I made in voiceover was getting a demo before I was ready. But I, I think a lot of people have that experience.
1: It's interesting because I think there's so much discussion of demos and how you never get a second chance at a first impression. I hear that all the time, and I think it does keep a lot of people waiting too long. Like your first demo is not going to be your best demo, but at some point you have to just go for it. True. And, and you do have to, I mean, you will improve. And, you know, you'll look back on your first demo and go, hmm,
2: okay, I'm a lot better now. You know, I agree with you. I think my my idea has shifted because a demo is there to help you get representation, right? And to put on your website. But like beyond that, I mean, when do you really send your demos out? Sometimes, you know, when you're direct marketing and all of that, and you want to have good quality, but you probably didn't need to spend $3,000 on a demo. And I'm totally guilty. Like, after my first terrible experience, I was like, that's it. I'm going to, like, whoever is known to be the best and the most expensive and whatever. Um, But looking back, like, you can find ones that are not quite as expensive, that'll still be great quality and show you off, that it won't hurt so bad to get updated every couple of years. <laughs> yeah,
1: I think, I mean, knowing when you're ready, like you said, you did one before you thought you were really ready. Um, I think that's tricky yeah. to know when you're ready or not. That's
2: true. But you're always going to be improving, right?
1: Yeah. Well, with any luck at
0: all, we would hope, one would hope. Hopefully,
2: yeah. One would hope.
1: (laughs) You were
0: saying that you planned really, really well for the restaurant and the um, catering industry. But when you got to voiceover, you were maybe too cautious. How do you feel you were too cautious, specifically just uh, outside of demos and things like that?
2: Yeah. Well, I think because we hear all the things we're talking about, like, wait until you are ready to get your demo. And there's so much out there, um, I guess, warning actors to not go out and just submit these auditions that aren't perfect. And if it's not good enough, then it's not good enough. And like just all these things that messes with somebody like me, who's more prone to being a perfectionist and, you know, anxious about everything being so perfect that... Um, Gosh, I would overthink every audition and just like, OK, wait, well, let me leave it for an hour and come back to it. I'm like, it's a 15 second commercial kind of thing, you know, on a pay to play like it's not that big of a deal. <laughs> and so just being that cautious with things and um, oh, my gosh, because I'm like also just the way that I listen to things that, you know, going in and manually taking out every little click and thing and mm-hmm. just yeah, if I if I'd gone back, um I probably would have just used it more as a learning experience and getting used to the process of auditioning like way earlier than I did. Uh because eventually it was like baptism by fire, like, you know, so many auditions that you just gotta send them out. <laughs> just, you know, go from there, but um I definitely I probably could have started that earlier.
0: Tell us what is your uh how do how do you approach your auditions? Do you just blab it out there and send it off or do you do you do any editing on your auditions so there's a lot of uh talk about uh, breathing and whether you should take your breaths out and christy and i were talking we we were both we i was a she she played clarinet i played saxophone so i breathe like darth vader (sighs) i take a big breath and then i let it all
1: out you know i can go a long ways (laughs) i breathe like i'm gonna be underwater for the next two minutes it's like
2: (laughs) yeah ace ventura <laughs> exactly. It's all, yeah, Ace Ventura style. That's my breathing technique. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and they say, well, people want to know that you're human and hear your breath. I'm like, I don't think they want to hear this, though. They don't want to hear, you know, it depends. I feel like it, I, I'm constantly like evolving my process. But for the most part, it depends on um, if it's commercial. What I've started to do is I hit record as a cold read you know, like before I even, maybe sometimes before the specs even, but um, usually I'll like go through the specs real quick and then I hit record and I just read it out loud, cold read, and then I'll go through and maybe do another take or two. But what I'm finding is more often than not, I'm going with the cold read because it's mm-hmm. just the most yep. natural. Mm-hmm. So yeah, but then when it comes to, um, I leave the breaths in when it comes to character stuff because that's so much more like you have For to. Sure. Yeah, but the commercial stuff, I've de- I've learned now, like, if I want to take the breaths out, I do one of those, like, I stop, and then I'm like, huh! and then I start. <laughs> Make it real easy to take it out.
1: So what do you think it was that helped you kind of move past the perfectionism and just, you know, allow yourself to do the work, even if it wasn't maybe perfect?
2: Yeah, I think... um Partly was just, you know, when you're doing something that you know you love and enjoy and you're like, why am I not enjoying this? Let me stop and think about, you know, what is it that I'm doing in my mind that's preventing me from enjoying this? And that's that's when it was like. OK, I, I can't. I left um, culinary because of all these, you know, just different things that it wasn't fulfilling anymore among many other reasons, and I don't want that to happen in voiceover. So if I'm not having fun with it, I need to stop and reevaluate. I need to cut anything that's, you know, not resonating with me. I don't need to audition for every single thing that comes in. And that's a continual process because I it's so natural for me to slip back into perfectionism. Mm-hmm. So um, it's an ever-evolving process for sure. But when you're busy too, you know, like you, you're just like, I don't have time to overthink it. Let me just... Mm-hmm get it done. Right. Exactly. That's great though. I love
1: that that I'm why am I not enjoying this? I think that's a key question to ask yourself.
2: Yeah, exactly. especially in this industry, right?
1: Mm-hmm. Anxiety plays it a should lot be fun. into that, I
0: think. For a lot of people, <laughs> I think there's a lot of people that become well, it's hard having being self-employed. A and B, you know, where is my next paycheck coming from? is pretty anxious anxiety-laden thought. Um so I don't think it's for everybody, for sure um but you know loving what we do makes it all so much easier right what is your favorite kind of um work to do you sing you do great narration commercial work animation what what is your what is your baby what do you just love to get up for every day
2: i'm like uh you know what i've it's evolved as everything i love doing animation so much in character but I think over the last few months I've just fallen in love with commercials so much more um even though I don't I don't do them all the time but like auditioning for them and then I recently because I just did a demo and I had a hand in writing those spots and I just had so much fun with the writing part of it it just gives you a different connection to the script you know when you've written it and then you go to voice it uh so commercial has been really fun especially because they have a comedic you know most of them have a comedic aspect and anything involving comedy is like that's my mm, 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 mm. Yeah.
1: <laughs> i loved your demo by the way oh yeah i thought it sounded yes. fantastic yeah. um and i loved that you really highlighted everybody that worked on it um from the writer to the the people that did the mixing and the production and everything i just it was a really unusual um it was kind of a breath of fresh air
2: well, thank you. Thank you. Yeah, I think I don't know. I don't even know how to be like, quote unquote, normal. So <laughs> I just I had so much fun and everything really was super organic. Like, I think I met Henry first. Well, maybe George first. And then um, and then Henry and then Kenneth. And it all just I was like, wait, why don't we why don't we do a thing together? <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, and I
0: loved. And your website. We're, we're going to put all of this in your uh, show notes. Oh, show notes, show notes. You have to have jazz hands when you say show show notes. notes. (laughs) 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 We'll put these in your show notes so everybody can find your website, which is delicious. You have a great website. And um, I love that you are billing yourself as um, an Egyptian queen. (laughs) (laughs)
2: Thanks. I just, I always, put. I think it's uh, HBIC, member HBIC. Not Mm -hmm. everybody catches it. Yep. Oh. But it, it's it's on everything, and yeah, every time someone's like, oh, I love that, I'm like, you're my people.
1: <laughs>
0: awesome. I have a friend who's who's uh, also Egyptian, and um, she bills herself as African.
2: Oh, oh I like that. African. I mm-hmm. like that. Yeah, because there's no, like, you know, when you fill out the forms, and it's like white, Hispanic, non-Hispanic, Asian, African-American, and I'm like, hmm, African-American, I think. <laughs> I'm not sure what <laughs> yeah, know, but yeah. I mean, I'm like I'm North African, but you know, pe- most people don't associate it with African. But it's just yeah, there's no Egyptian bubble. That's all.
0: Well, and there probably should be. Let's we'll get one for you. Oh, thank get you. you. <laughs> we'll bubble. create
1: you your own bubble.
0: And on that lovely Egyptian note, Rochelle Simpson. Thank you so yes, much you. for being here and sharing your own mistake with us.
2: Thank you, ladies. I this was delightful. Wonderful. And
0: please, please, everybody, look at the show notes and find her, Rochelle Simpson. Vo is that that's dot com.
2: Rochelle with an S, which is uncommon. So
0: R-O-S-H-E-L-L-E. Yes, that's true.
1: That yes. is uncommon, I guess. Yeah, I,
2: I
0: think it's really is it, it usually R O C
1: H?
2: It is. Yeah.
0: Yeah, I guess so. I, yeah. You're the only one I know, so you you set the standard.
2: <laughs> There's a, it's gets spelled, it gets misspelled all the time, like no matter where people are messaging me. But there is like on IMDB a Rochelle Simpson with a C. That's not me. <laughs> oh, oh how confusing. don't go there. Oh goodness. <laughs> <laughs> like that girl stole my name. <laughs> Seriously. That's not fair. That's not right. Thank you so much, Rochelle. Thank you guys.
1: You're amazing. And, Christy? Yes. Thank you. you. Thank you.
0: We'll I'll see, see you next you. time. See you next time. All see right. Bye bye, everybody.
1: Thanks for listening to My Own Mistake with Christy Spadafore and Stacey Kimball. I'm Vince Yuri, and I hope that you'll join us next time to hear more stories about more mistakes.